Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to start in verse 13. Luke 24, starting with verse 13. Verse 13, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. I spy with my, yellow, with my eye something that is yellow. I hope my eye isn't yellow. I spy with my eye something that is red. Remember Highlights magazines? Everybody remember that, right? You would look at a list and then you would try to find those things in the picture. How about if you didn't know this man's name and you were trying to describe him to someone to try to be on the lookout for him? Let me see if you can figure out who I'm describing. He has short sleeves on, a pair of pants. He has a hat on, uh, and he looks like a candy cane. I heard it. Say it again. Waldo. Where's Waldo? Now, if you don't know Waldo, you could be looking in that picture of mass of humanity and look all day, and you wouldn't know what you're looking for. But once you have some ideas of what you're looking for, it's easier to try to find them. The title of the message today is The Shadow of Your Smile. See if you recognize this shadow. Anybody know? Peter Pan, okay. All right, so we have 
shadows. If you have a Bible, it's comprised of two parts. It's comprised of the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you have just the New Testament, it probably has just the Psalms. And I don't know if you pay just half price for that. Because the Bible is Genesis to Revelation. And in the Old Testament, we have shadows of things that we see in the New. And if you have a working idea of the whole Scripture, you have a much better picture. And today, one of my goals today is for you to fall in love with the total Bible, not just the New Testament or not just the Old Testament. To understand it's a complete work. It's God's whole heart written in 66 books over a period of 1,500 years by over 40 different authors, some who never met, from fishermen to kings, played a part in writing the Bible, taking God's words and putting it on paper. If you notice in Luke 24, 27, that's where I, I started our text and with the PowerPoint today, because there's so many scriptures, I'm just going to put the scriptures up here that we'll be dealing with today. So in verse 27 of what we just read, notice that Jesus was walking right alongside these two guys. And they were sad. Because they thought that Jesus was dead. Even though they heard that He had risen. And Jesus was right beside them. And they were sad, the Scripture says. How are you and I doing lately? Jesus is right there with you. Are we sad? Well, hopefully today, one of the things that God will show us that we have no need to be sad. I often wonder about the painting, the Mona Lisa, if she was a Christian or not. And the reason I ask that or say that is because even though her back was up against the wall, she was still smiling. Her back was up against the wall. She was still smiling. Okay. Okay. You gotta... In Psalm 119, verses 17 to 18, it says, Deal bountifully, you got it, thank you. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. And I believe that God wants us, as we spend time in the Scriptures, He wants to reveal to you and to I wondrous things from His Word. In John 5.39 it says, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of Me. Now remember, when Jesus was here, He did not quote from the New Testament. wasn't written yet. His writings were the Old Testament. The first five books of the Bible. Psalms. The prophets. 
In John 5, 45, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Moses, who is the author of the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, can you help me with the last two? Numbers and Deuteronomy. Very good. He wrote those first five books. And notice what Jesus is saying that Moses, in whom you trust, he was a guy they venerated Moses. He wrote the first five books that they were doing so much of their learning from. And then as we saw, we didn't get to it, it's uh, verse 27 in Luke 24, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This was Jesus talking to those two guys on that road, seven miles from Jerusalem, saying, hey, I'm going to show you. He's starting to show them, opening up the Old Testament, to show these two himself, that Jesus was right in the beginning of the Scriptures, in those first five books, along with the Psalms and the Prophets. Now, the Torah... The word Torah denotes the first five books of the Bible. And as we just said, Genesis to Deuteronomy. In Genesis 1.1, the very first line of the scriptures, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what you see up there, and it's transliterated in Hebrew, notice the first, the top part, in the red letters, the word et, E-T. And I don't know if you know this, that E-T had a cousin. Did you know that? His cousin was Z-T. Z-T? Mustn't be hungry yet, okay. All right. So E-T is formed from the Hebrew letters Alf and Tav the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. In Greek, those letters would be the Alpha and the Omega. And that's right in the first verse of the Scriptures. And we know in Revelation 1.8 it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. We also know in that beginning verse of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God, Elohim, has a plurality of God. And when we take the whole scriptures, we see the Trinity, we see the Father, we see the Son, we see the Holy Spirit. Not just in one place, but throughout the scriptures in both the Old and the New Testament. In Genesis 3.8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, speaking about Adam and Eve. Now here's another thing called Targum. Spoken paraphrases, explanations and expansions of the Jewish scriptures that a rabbi would give in the common language of the listeners, which was then often Aramaic and Hebrew was used for little more than schooling and worship. So the rabbis would use Aramaic Targum or Targum 
to explain, to paraphrase. And what they did with Genesis 3.8 was this. And they heard the sound of the word of God walking in the garden. And we know that in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So we're getting some things that as we look at some of the shadows, remember the shadow of your smile, the shadow. What are the shadows in the Old Testament that paint a picture of Jesus Christ? And just when you find these little nuggets throughout the Old Testament, it should bring a smile to your face, and I believe it brings a smile to our Creator's face because we're spending time with Him, and He wants to reveal himself to us through his word more and more so we get to know him better. In John 1.14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Genesis 3.15, another place we're looking for, for a shadow of Jesus Christ. It says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, I know when most of us were growing up, we know that a woman does not have a seed. A woman has eggs. The man has a seed. Now, the way our society is going, this could change very rapidly. In Galatians 3.16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed... And notice it's capitalized. Where the promise is made. He does not say into seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, it identifies, and to your seed, who is Christ. Also in Galatians, a few verses later, it says, what purpose then does the law serve? And we're talking about those 600 laws in the Old Testament that you and I know as the Ten Commandments, condensed into ten. It was added because of transgressions. Pastor Joe, if you were here, used that mirror. Remember, the mirror represented the law. It showed you that you had the dirty face. It shows us that we've sinned. But the mirror didn't do the cleaning. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. The promise being that one day a Savior would come that would save their people from their sins and also from the domination of the world system. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. And we know through the New Testament there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. In Genesis, another shadow In Genesis 3.21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now remember, this was after they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When they ate their relationship, they transgressed against the Lord because the Lord said, don't eat from, you can eat from any tree, but that one. But they ate. They hid. God sought him out, found him, slayed an animal, blood was shed, gave, offered to Adam and Eve the garments of skin. 
Adam and Eve could have said, no, thank you. We're going to stay in these fig leaves. We like how uncomfortable they are. We like how they itch and scratch and give us, I think we'll call it a rash. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. They took the garments of skin that cost an animal its life. Blood was shed. They put on these garments of skin. Now we see in Isaiah 61.10, For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. When you and I had received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you were clothed in his robe of righteousness. Righteousness. He clothed you with those garments that came as a result of his shed blood on the cross when he sacrificed his life for your sins and mine. In Genesis 22.2, then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Another shadow in the Old Testament of Jesus Christ. And here we see, take now your son, your only son Isaac. This was Abraham that God was speaking to. And Abraham and Isaac had a father and son relationship. A relationship between a father and a son. It was an obedient son. It was a son who listened to his father. And we look at John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Again, another father-son relationship that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Genesis 22.8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for Himself the lamb for a burnt offering. If you know the story of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac was the one that was going to be offered. Abraham's only son, Isaac, was going to be sacrificed to the Lord. But the Lord stopped him from using Isaac. Because we see here in this verse that God is going to provide for himself a lamb. And most of us know who that lamb was that he provided. None other than his son, Jesus Christ. In Exodus 12.5, notice, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And this was in the temple sacrifice. It had to be a perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish. It had to be a lamb that the people had a relationship with. And what they normally did, it was like a little pet lamb, a baby lamb. They would take it in their house for about four or five days. They would get to know it. The kids fell in love with it. And then the dad had to kill it, had to sacrifice it, had to shed that blood for his sins and the sins of his family and the offering to God. Brutal, brutal. We see in Hebrews the fulfillment of that shadow. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was perfect. He didn't have any blemish on him. 
just like that lamb couldn't have any spot or blemish. As we continue, Exodus 12, 7, And they shall take some of the blood from that lamb and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And as we continue, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now we're talking about shadows of Christ, but in here, there's shadows of other things. The shadows of the plague, the plague is, the reality is sin in your life and my life. The land of Egypt is a type of the world that we live in, the world system. The world, the uh, Israelites were in bondage to slavery to Egypt, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh being a type of Satan. Held the people of God in bondage, in slavery, in chains. Before we're released and free, we're in chains to sin. Sin is pleasurable for a season. We dabble in it and we get snagged. We get locked in. That's the plague. We have the plague of sin. We have that sin nature. But there's great news. God doesn't leave us chained. Just like he used Moses to deliver the people of Israel out of the physical chains, Moses, a shadow of Jesus Christ. In John 1.29, the next day, John, this is John the Baptist. He was, that was not his denomination. Okay? He was baptizing people. John, okay? saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He identified the Old Testament Lamb with this person now, with the person of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 5, 6, And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a Lamb as though it had been slain. Another picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Going to another shadow. In Leviticus chapters 1 through 7, the high priest made sacrifices for the sins of the people. They would offer the animal, the blood of the animal. Well, we know that Jesus is our high priest who was our sacrifice. He didn't have to offer an animal because he offered himself once and for all. No longer did animals have to be slain anymore. Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, was our sacrifice for sin. And notice what's so beautiful about this. Once and for all. There never, ever, ever, ever had to be another sacrifice for sins. Ever. In Deuteronomy 18.15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. God speaking now in the Old Testament, talking about a prophet, talking about someone from among your own brothers, speaking about the Jewish people, the Israelites. And then we see in eight, verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. 
and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And this is Moses speaking. Moses, who was venerated, who was the leader of these people out of that slavery of Egypt. And he's saying that God is going to raise up another prophet that where God is going to put his words right in his mouth. And of course, that prophet that God is, or that Moses is speaking about, is Jesus Christ. In Mark 6, 4, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. So Jesus fulfilling that among his own brothers, among his own relatives, among his own people in his town. He was rejected. In Isaiah 53, 7, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. And that's Isaiah 53, 7 in the Old Testament. And then we jump ahead to Acts 8.34. And it says, To the eunuch, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, whom does a prophet say this of himself or some other man? The eunuch was reading the Old Testament and he did not understand it. He needed an explanation. So he asked Philip, What's going on? Who is this speaking about? And Philip answered and opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Jesus, right there in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Isaiah. I want to encourage you to do some personal study. This, we're just touching the surface on things here this morning but it's to spark an interest in you to try to find in the Old Testament all those things about Jesus Christ. You can, personal study, you can look in the Psalm 22, in Luke 16, Isaiah 53, Jonah, Ruth, and see where is the shadow of Christ in these books. There's more books. These are just some of them. Psalm 22 talks about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Hundreds and hundreds of years before crucifixion was even a method of capital punishment. Isaiah 53, talking about the suffering servant. And the lamb is identified as a person, not as an animal. It says that the lamb, he will be, he will suffer. Jonah comes to mind real quick when they were throwing Jonah overboard. They were going to sacrifice Jonah overboard to save the men on the ship. A type of Christ, a shadow of Christ sacrificing himself for the ship of the world that we live in. You have the book of Ruth where we're introduced to a kinsman redeemer. Someone who will buy back what was lost. Your innocence, your perfection, my perfection was taken away through sin. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He buys it back. And then, of course, in Luke 16. One of my favorites to share is in Genesis 5. And here you see the Hebrew. There's two different sections you see. You have Hebrew, and it has from Adam down that row, 
And then you skip over to Hebrew and it has Jared down to Noah. And then you have the English, what those words mean. So you see Adam means man and Seth means appointed. Enosh means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Mahalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah, his death shall bring. Lamech, the despairing. Noah means rest or comfort. So they're just names. It's a genealogy in Genesis 5. This is all before the flood. And we have in Genesis, of course, we have the ark. Okay, another shadow of Jesus Christ. Notice that the ark only had one entrance. You and I only have one way to get to heaven. Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, teen, young person can go to the Father except through Jesus. There's only one doorway to the sheepfold. There's only one doorway to get into the ark. The ark represents, again, salvation for anybody who goes in it. Jesus is our salvation for anybody who puts their trust in him. Well, going back to what's up here, Genesis 5, if you look at all the people leading up, all the main male figures leading up to the flood, if we put this all together, what these words mean, basically it says, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. That's in Genesis 5. But notice how you have to investigate. Remember the highlights? Where's Waldo? You have to go into the scripture to try to be, you have to be like a Sherlock Holmes or a Columbo or whatever the modern day detectives are today, you know, and find out what God is saying below the surface. I don't think Jesus wants us to be surface Christians. I think he wants to, us to go in depth. You know, sometimes we have athletes who go out for our teams that are just playing for the two months or the three months at the season. But boy, as a coach, we want athletes who are spending most of their year preparing for that season. We want them to go in depth, and I think it's even more important with God's word. Number 625, as we uh, close here, says, The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. You think of a smile. A little boy he was crying and he was really bummed out and his mom went up to him and said, you know, Johnny, why are you crying? He goes, Mom, I don't feel right. I just don't feel good today. She goes, well, just go into the bathroom and look in the mirror and put on a smile. Just smile at yourself in the mirror. And pretty soon your whole body will be smiling. So the little Johnny went in and he started smiling and he came out laughing and he goes, Mom, you're so right and it's so much easier than pounding my head against the wall. <laughs> Let's take time from pounding our head against the wall and just sit at the feet of Jesus and see his smile. And I think as we see Jesus' smile, I think we're going to be smiling all over too. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. 
We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.